Welcome to Context with Advanced Design. Context is a podcast space where laid-back conversations on design, life, and everything in between happen. In this show, we interview experts in our field, but also students, educators, and anyone who's part of the industrial design family. Thank you for tuning in, and here's today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Context with Advanced Design. Today's guest is principal of his own studio, Chris Granenberg. Thank you so much for being here and for joining us on our podcast. Thanks for having me. You guys have so many illustrious guests. <laughs> we really appreciate it. We're, you're calling in from Long Beach, California, which actually sounds really nice right about now. We're based in Chicago, so it, it just started snowing today. <laughs> oh, man. I know. Chicago, I love in June during Neocon. It's like the nicest time. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, today's conversation with Chris, um, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you. Chris has been a part of our offsite community. He uh, volunteered to be a mentor. And Chris, I can't thank you how enormous that commitment is to us as we just launched this pilot program. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, any help that we can get is just tremendous for us at the moment. So thank you so much for uh being there as a support, being part of our support system. We really appreciate it. I mean, thank you so much for the invitation to be a mentor. I got so much out of it myself and just to see how these students grew and um, all of the, I mean, they're, they're far ahead of the curve. <laughs> the, the commencement ceremony too, being invited to that. I, I had so many takeaways from the speakers and the instructors and the students who spoke as well, like that helped me. So thank you. I, that's awesome. Um, well, let's, yeah, thank you. Let's dive right in. You know, you have a very um, unique, uh, I think, design experience, and I would love to start dissecting it. Um, sure. We can dive into your education. Um, you are an alumni of, quote unquote, the prestigious Pratt Institute. <laughs> um, whenever I hear Pratt Institute, um, first thing I think of, man, the first thing I think of is, man, I'm, I'm jealous because I think when I was applying to schools, you know, you, you, there's like four or five schools that would come up when I would meet with my high school counselor. Mm -hmm. It was RISD, Pratt, um, you know, Art Center, and uh, what else would uh, come was up? It? C, C, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. DAP would come up. And then as I started doing my own research, I would be like, why is my high school counselor giving me all these expensive schools? Like I can't afford these. Like, what? like, like, it's like oh, when God. you, it's like when you research sports cars, you only get like Ferrari, Lamborghini, you know, like why would you give me these options? <laughs> um, but you went there and this is based in New York city. I'd love to hear about your experience, uh, going to Pratt Institute. Um, and, uh, and then we can kind of get started from there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was a bit of a journey to get to Pratt. Uh, maybe we'll dig into some of that a little earlier on, but um, I was terrible in high school. I'm very lucky to have been able to graduate from an alternative high school. Um, afterwards, um, I got kicked out of my first college and then I went to community college where I learned that uh, and I got an associate degree and general studies or whatever it's called. Um, and while I was at that, at Norwalk Community College in Connecticut, I grew up in Connecticut, um, I took a photography class and a drawing class and um, also a, a Photoshop class. Mm -hmm. And just like I, every, every semester I would try to do um, just, you know, I want to do an art class because when I, when I had to leave my high school to go to alternative high school, we didn't have art. And art was something I loved in elementary school and mm -hmm. middle school. And um, it just, I forgot I loved it and because of my past experiences. And then when I um, went, to went to community college, I fell in love with, you know, designing. And uh, I was like, oh, I want to be a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. So I put together a portfolio. And um, luckily, my work was probably as at the highest at the level of some of the better high school students um, that were applying and um, I was accepted and I was really excited to be accepted in the graphic design program um, as a I was able to transfer some credit so I was a literally a transfer student to Pratt and at Pratt um, I 
in the in the dormitory, I had like four roommates, perhaps, all studying in different majors. Um, and the first year is foundation where you're not doing anything industrial design, so I, or I mean graphic design, really. So all the classes were just all um, you know, just foundation drawing and mm. three and color colors and classes and you know that sort of thing. Was lucky enough to have uh, another transfer student in my uh, dorm or in my our apartment that we lived in um, across the street from Pratt, and he was in the industrial design program, and mm. um, he was always like making cool models and uh, like making stereos and stuff. And I had no idea industrial design even was a profession or existed. I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, it was not something mm. anyone ever talked talked to me about. You know, talked to uh, talked about with me. Um, so I decided to dig a little bit deeper and we'd always, we'd have, I'd have conversations with him and, um, he's like, you know, you, you know, you have some good ideas because I'd be giving him feedback. Oh, why don't you change this? So like, that'd be cool. And, um, so I decided to apply to switch majors to, into the industrial design program and I'm really happy that I did. Um, I mean, my experience is everything just been timing and luck yeah. and being able to have that privilege to have these opportunities. So um, at Pratt Institute, I had, I had, there was definitely some ups and downs, some, some really great teachers. I got the most probably out of the 3D class, um, which was uh, sort of built on the backbone of uh, what, shoot, I'm gonna mispronounce your name. Uh, I forgot, I just remember her middle last name now all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, oh no, Rowena Reed Costello. The foundation of design, I think the book is called. So mm -hmm. the 3D program is basically um, built upon that, and there's some really interesting sort of philosophies about like um, uh, dominant, subdominant, and subordinate elements working together to find like a perfect balance. And you're spending a lot of time carving plaster and building these weird uh, sort of sculptures out of um, like wire and scraps that you find in the garbage can and garbage cans and I really loved that, um, got a lot out of that. Um, was also lucky enough to uh, be a woodshop tech and uh, found my love for designing furniture there, um, probably like my junior year-ish at Pratt, um, and designed the shelves that are right here. They're still standing. Um, oh, head, nice. of the, head of the department had nothing but critical, terrible things to say. Oh, yeah. well, they're gonna break and things, but uh, <laughs> she's wrong. Um, then I also had the opportunity to have another, another great teacher, um, uh, Russell Robertson, who taught a transportation design class. Pratt isn't known for transportation design, but, um, Interesting. I fell in love with it and, um, my sketching started getting a lot better at that point, doing marker renderings and things. And I was learning a lot and just really fell in love with it. Cause I just have always been intrigued. Like when I was a kid, I was really intrigued by cars and like, um, even like, you know, like as like a five-year-old or something, like how, like, how are these made? Like, who does this? Like, you know, it just seems crazy how, all, like how people could make all these little parts and have them come together to become a car. Mm -hmm. Um, but I fell in love with, uh, with the transportation design and, uh, after, and I didn't do one internship at Pratt, which I really, really regret. Um, there weren't really many transportation kind of internships I was interested in as well, but I won't claim that. I think it was me um, thinking I didn't need to at the time. I was just mm. not, not having it, being ignorant of how important it was. Um, so I applied to Royal College of Art um, in mm. England to study transportation design and uh, got pretty far along in the process and able to fly to London sort of to get to the final where they take like the interview, the final 20 and bring it down to class of 10 or whatever it was. And mm -hmm. um, I didn't make the cut, um, which, you know, was a little heartbreaking, discouraging at that point. Um, you know, I was still live, I was back home living with my parents at that point and uh, just didn't know what to do, trying to look for jobs. My portfolio sucked, which, pure shit um mm. i had some great projects but they weren't there's no storytelling there's no no beautiful hardly any beautiful sketches um so i decided to start doing some um design competitions that i found uh one of them was um 
from this place, I don't know if it's still there in New York, but it was sponsored. It was, a UNESCO, it was sponsored by UNESCO, but, and uh, Felicimo Design House, mm-hmm. um, which is a, like a design, a, a Japanese design organization. And um, my product and my design was um, exhibited globally, which was pretty cool. It was like this, like just basically a thermoform piece of plastic that um, you could just get, pick up a bug and um, able to just to take it out of your house without uh, killing it. Because I was vegetarian at that time, I am again now. Um, but there's a big period of me eating between. Um, so that was so, and so that project was. I sent a JPEG of that project. I, I gave up looking for jobs. I'm like, I gotta do an internship. Mm-hmm. So I, um, after oh, I'm, I stopped talking about Pratt. I'm sorry, we're going on and on. Ta- off on ta- <laughs> I'm so sorry. This no, it's next. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because I did want to ask you something during your yeah. time at during your time at Pratt. Um, something really big happened and uh and uh i would love to hear your thoughts on it it, it has nothing to the design it has everything to do 9/11? with your yes so 9 yeah. 11 happened and um i you know i think 9 11 9 11 is a big part of everyone's life i think i think i was 13 years old when it happened and to this day i can tell you every minute of of that day I think it's ingrained and it's part of our, our life now. And you were a student at Pratt. Um, And I don't want to take a lot of time on this, but I I think it's really important because it's, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand what was Chris, what were you going through as a student in New York? And then this Mm -hmm. shit goes down, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, so sort of put it in context for me, I've been suffering from panic attacks, like, since I was about mm. 15 years old. So I'm already like all jittery and anxious and, mm. have, you know, I have these terrible panic attacks, um, you know, at that time. And just the, you know, like I, I was a, a basic guy knock on my door in the morning by um, the, one of the a designer at Pratt that lived upstairs from my apartment. And she's like, come come up come up to the roof come up to the roof and ran up to the roof and you know you see the world trade center on fire you know jesus it's just one at that point like what happened like no one really knew what even happened at that point i thought it was just like you know hopefully it was just like you know like a small fire or something because mm-hmm. at that you know looking from the rooftop in um clinton hill in brooklyn just you know down the street from crack um at that, you know, it, that, it was just right after. So it, mm-hmm. I was hoping it wasn't that, you know, just the fire, I, I didn't know. Um, and then got to school, walked to school to my morning class. This is, you know, like at like 7.30 or 8 a.m., whatever, I forgot what, time, what the timeline was. And it was all over in the cafeteria on the TVs, went to my art history class, and like, everyone leave, go home right now. Jeez. And we all went, went, went home and, I didn't have TV um, at my apartment, so I was just listening to radio, the radio for like three days, like not leaving. Had some some friends that were going, taking the subway down to check it out and things, and I was just too scared, you know, like just really fearful. Um, Jesus, yeah, it it um, man, that is crazy. That's really intense to to hear. Um, I, I did read and watched a lot of like stories that people would go to the site or to that area. And, um, you know, the, the irony is that people were intrigued by what was happening, but they had no idea that they were actually, they were putting their health, uh, they were jeopardizing their health because they were inhaling all these like fumes and and smoke and all the stuff that was coming out of there that goes into making a building yeah and all that was toxic and you know it's years to come so many people died from it or affected yeah well that's uh that's a very uh i'm sure that's a really big part of your life because you were like there i can't imagine yeah luckily i i didn't have anyone that you know i was close with that you know was well, directly affected. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah, I, I, I definitely wanted to bring that up because, uh, yeah, I mean that that's. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it changed every everything yeah. in the country and yeah. in the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly. 
but you graduated in 2004 and then yeah. in the fall of 2004 you started working at Fort Kareem Rashid yeah so um I started looking for internships and um I started looking for internships uh, on a Friday, Friday, like November, or maybe it was like Halloween or maybe it was November 1st-ish or something like that. Mm -hmm. And um, the, I sent an email to the studio director at that time who I remained in touch with and um, with the image of that bug catcher thing that I, that I showed you. And then this uh, mm -hmm. crappy rendering of, I, I worked at Garden Center too for like seven years of a, a mm -hmm. pot for orchids. And um, it's like, oh, I love this. Uh, this project here uh, can when are you available on like uh, Monday it's like all right so there began my two hours door-to-door -door commute to New York for for a wow. long time um, <laughs> and, it, and I was I, I was so thrilled to have the opportunity because someone was that was supposed to start didn't start uh, wasn't able to start and they had an mm. opening and it was just all timing again um, so Kareem Rashid, everyone knows Kareem Rashid and his his work, yeah. and he's been in documentaries, interviews, etc. Um, high profile designer. Um, I want to be as neutral as possible when we talk about Kareem Rashid. Oh, for uh, sure. You you interned there. You ended up being the product director. Um, you know, in the eight years that you were working there. Yep. Um, and uh, I would love to know. You know. You as an intern, were you paid as an intern? I know that's a really big no. topic when, 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 uh, uh, you know, I know Fast Company covered it mm -hmm. and, and there's yeah. some publications that happen and kind of how he works his, his kind of studio yes. dealings and that that's kind of how he works. And, but I would love to hear your thoughts about working with someone such, so high profile like Kareem Rashid. What, what is he like? What is he is he a, a nice guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I'd be happy to share some some yeah. great stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, just to start, yeah, the internship was was not a paid internship, which is really it, it's difficult for you know a lot of designers that don't have aren't located close enough to the city to mm -hmm. commute um, as I did, um, or you know international students that may have may have been great for the opportunity but aren't able to. Um, so it really, I, I think, you know, a lot of people just weren't, wouldn't be able to do it. And it's really unfortunate. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fortunate that I was able to, um, but um, going off, to, but I do have to say that sort of, if it, it was more, that experience to me was more valuable than, you know, mm -hmm. all the money I had spent at crap, for sure. But you, then, you but I know, I know that's his argument about it. Um, right. And for me, it, it was, you know, I, the money invested uh, for, for at Pratt, if I could have invested that just to live in a, you know, live closer to the city and doing yeah. just internships or apprenticeships or whatever, it would have been worthwhile for me in my career. No, I, I completely agree. You know, I, I experience is everything for sure. But you were living in New York. New York is one of the most expensive cities. How, how did you manage? How did you manage to kind of? Yeah pay well, for food and rent and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, so it, I had to, so my internship was a three month internship, became a four month internship. Mm -hmm. was, um, and then it was, it was like, became a five month internship because I just wanted to keep on working. And then they, I was hired. Um, so yeah. I was living at my parents' house and uh, they gave me money to, or no, they gave me money for my Metro, for my, um, not my Metro card and my uh, train. I think, I think they helped me with my um, mm -hmm. train, my commuting expenses. Gotcha. So um, did that for a long time. And as you said, it's super expensive to get there. Luckily, mm. you know, New York slices of pizza are delicious and very, uh, very affordable. With, yeah. Yeah, expensive. And uh, that we had one right around the corner from the studio at that point. So that was great. Um, and once I was hired, I was able to save a little bit of money for the, um, you know, the first and last month and uh, get a, build a rent, uh, you know, share an apartment with a really awesome friend that I've been friends with her now for since, you know, 2005 when I, we lived together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, I mean, it was hard. And back then, starting wage for a junior designer was 30,000 bucks, you know, like, it's not, that, it's not that much money, you know? Yeah. And, you um, know, in New York yeah. City. <laughs> 
you just had to find ways to survive until it paid off like it did with you and uh and you were on your way you worked at Fort Green Rashid for quite some time yeah um yeah and my experience with that I mean he really sort of helped shape me into the designer I am today I feel um he was always sort of just op so positive about the future I think is one of the biggest takeaways the positivity of you know how you know he sometimes gets some people saying like you know he made a book like I want to change the world um but the idea that design can change the world and sort of change experiences and how things could be a little bit softer and more friendly and um, just more, more inclusive for everybody as well. Um, I, I got, I, I got so many takeaways and his pure prolificness of sort of his sketching and ideation and work ethic. Um, I, I learned so much there and the, um, the designers that work there as well that I, was lucky enough to, you know, work under to star and um, with and the interns that I had. I mean, I mm -hmm. it was it was an awesome experience. And while I was there, it's also the recession. So I had like the I'd like the three year plan when I started. Like, okay, I'm gonna do this for three years. But right. I, I I loved my job there. I mean, yeah. there's not many places where I could be working on projects. You know that you know, get produced by some of these pretty big brands that, you know, I really would have, would love to work with right now. So, um, I don't know, it, it was just a, and to be able to like be in meetings with, you know, like Samsung or LG or um, so many, so yeah, exactly. Like if without that, I wouldn't have been able to go to my next right. role. Yeah, so Kareem Rashid, you know, consultancy, uh, probably small team, probably, very fast-paced environment, very uh, stressful, oh, yeah. I would assume, because the studio's in Manhattan, and uh, I could just imagine what it's like working working there. And uh... it was it was fun for me, at least. <laughs> I, I loved it. Uh, I was I sort of and and Cameron's really understanding too about sort of my my work ethic and everything. Um, I was the made made sure to be the first one there every morning. And I was the first one to leave every night. Like, you know, obviously we have deadlines sometimes and you do have some late nights occasionally, or maybe you have to work on the weekend, but otherwise I was, I was out the door. I was the first one out the door at 6 PM every night. Um, nice. So, but I, and I loved doing what I did. I just got to be on SolidWorks every single yep. day. And because of that, I got, um, I'm able to 3D model anything and I'm also able to work quickly and efficiently and just gain so many skills out of it. And yeah. it was a great experience. There's a lot of things I didn't learn though, which I learned later in my career. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> um, so then consultancy and then your next job, uh, then you w went into corporate environment working at Pepsi, which is also based yeah. in New York City. Um, that, that, yeah, that how was, was that? Awesome. That was an awesome opportunity. Um, it's Cause I was working with, um, Mauro Porcini, while he was at 3M um, and on a number of projects. And I was lucky enough to know him and be able to be one of the first five, um, four or five hires for the PepsiCo Design Center, which is now in its hundreds. I, I, yep. I have no clue how many, but um, it's awesome just to be, just to see an uh, in-house design team start, how it starts, you know, how it sort of gets its foot in the door and how it educates all these different divisions, how, you know, how you just become, you have all these different allies in engineering and marketing and business. And um, I, I worked under just the most amazing manager, Martin Rowan, um, who I learned so much about business from, like, that's something I, I didn't learn. I didn't have that that mm -hmm. that part of my that skill set. So I just had a had all these awesome experiences um, just to see like things like you would just have you know like some like little tidbits of advice like you know if we want to be successful we have to make um, every one of our project stakeholders successful. So you know like that's how that's the only way we're going to be successful and like something like that just sticks with me. So you, you were there for a good three and a half years before you then decided to say, hey, I want to go solo. 
they didn't really go so much like that. <laughs> um, I, I basically, it was, there was a point in my career where um, I, I, I was working with such awesome designers from, from Smart, from Ziva, mm-hmm. from, from all these, these great places. And, and I'm not just talking about also industrial designers. I'm talking about brand designers, like people from Target. And, mm. um, I made so many friends and it's just that, that I still stick, you know, still chat with and visit whenever, you know, pre-COVID. Um, it, it was, it was just such an awesome experience, but I, I, understood that you know as a team was going to be growing that we were to be promoted i would need to be um and to get a salary you'd get a salary and able to get a salary increase you need to be promoted and able to be promoted um as a, in a director role position um you definitely need to have a little a lot more experience and different experience than i really had even with what i was learning learning at pepsico i didn't have some of the, these experiences that the designers from you know smart design and might have you know um so i realized i wasn't going to be growing any longer at pepsico so and it was also a stage where my wife and i decided you know like let's maybe try to start a family so um, basically we're like and let's have some fun too so we took a long um like i think it was 40 something day road trip from um from uh, my parents house in connecticut to uh, her parents house in uh in Orange County, and that was oh, wow. just such an amazing experience. So just to just to see, we took the Southern route, and that's one of my favorite trips ever. Um, but I came thinking like, okay, I have, wow, I have this. I'm being humble still, but like I have some great experiences. I'll, it'll be easy to get a job. We don't even need that much money. I'd be happy with like a senior designer role. I'm, I'll learn from the team and move up or something. You know, like mm. then I moved and. Start, we started looking for where we're gonna live. And we, there's a couple of things we wanted. We wanted um, more space than we had in New York. So we wanted to have a house. Um, we also had a budget. So we didn't want to spend more than we were spending in, um, in Brooklyn. So um, we discovered a affordable house that had like 60 people outside that wanted it, that wanted to rent it as well. And, um, we moved to Glassell Park, which is sort of right next to Highland Park, just north of downtown LA. I lived there, it was like beautiful with canyons and I love it there. Um, and started looking for jobs. And then I started doing the Google commute times and mm-hmm. it was not about to be in my car two hours, driving in the car for two hours each way. Um, it just wasn't worth it for me. So I kept on looking for jobs, started looking for jobs even outside of LA. Um, you know, got turned down from multiple positions that that I interviewed at, um, and I just started. You know, what he was trying to trying to make some money and um, try to figure out who I was and do a lot of learning. And um, luckily, I had had some some people I worked with that threw me some bones. <laughs> PepsiCo continued to to support me, which was really really I'm super grateful for. Um, that they still saw, saw value in some of my work. Um, and I just started doing freelancing and it, it really sort of every year has been getting better progressively. Um, mm-hmm. Just kind of took off from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This year, I hate to say it when some people are bad here, but it was, I was very lucky this year. It was a better year than for me than last year. That's amazing. Um, yeah, that that's, that's awesome. Um, you know, your your drive from Connecticut to to Orange County. I'm sure you thought about a lot of things while you're on the road. I'm sure you probably dreamt of a lot of things. You know, while yeah. you're on the road, um, it kind of reminds me of um, this this year, 2020. I I drove to Salt Lake City from Chicago, oh, which sweet. is which is about, uh, I don't know, 19, 20 hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think just driving in the open road, especially when you go through all these like states that are really boring and well, one, yeah. you're scared because you're like, crap, when's the next gas station? But, but yeah. number two- And if you've seen like the hills have eyes and things yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah. 
but number two it just clears your head and it really allows you to focus on goals and what you want to accomplish um and i kind of went through that this year and on the way back same mm -hmm. thing right you're kind of going through the same thing and chris if i'm going to be honest with you yeah th that's when it snapped in my head that's when i was like you know what we need to create we need to disrupt design education and that's how the idea of offsite happened wow that's <laughs> it's funny how an experience can yeah it's crazy oh. how you just sometimes nothing something that you do that has nothing to do with design just clears your mind and you're just like yeah like i can make this i can do this you get motivated you inspire and it, it inspires you and it's the beginning of something you don't know what it is but it uh it pushes you forward you know so yeah oh for sure um i i don't think my i didn't really have a transformative probably experience like that i had something that really upset me um right after leaving which i'm not going to talk about because it involves other designers um but it uh that so that was on my mind the whole time so i was just it was just going through my head like seeing all this mm. stuff um publicity and things that mm. was not i don't know that that really bothered me so i i was i was angry a little bit on my on my ride um and um but i had such a beautiful time with my wife um just to see like all these places that i've never seen and eat all these type, like types of food like hmm. i have a what's it called like a, the snowballs in new orleans or like a, just awesome barbecue all over the place um wow you really, so you really terrible food we, so we, you, we, we, we went on a long route i yeah i was, I, was, I wanted to do the drive myself so um, gotcha. i did i was like i'm not gonna drive more than three hours a day so yeah. just drove pretty much from like location to location did airbnbs um and uh that was what we did yeah you know like so we went to like atlanta the scenic route but, but, yeah we took the scenic route it was, that's it was nice well worth it yeah. well worth it well um yeah no that's amazing i love i think the purpose of these podcasts these interviews um you know we we live in a bubble designers are like oh yeah design is awesome and it is awesome it's great i also want for those who are listening i want you to understand that you know, like we're human. We also feel and we go through shit and we yeah. go through obstacles and there's walls and it's not perfect and it's not pretty. Like we see it online or like how we like to paint a picture when we're presenting at like a, you know, at a conference, you're like, oh, my left is perfect. And I make all this money. And and it, it maybe it is, maybe it's not. But, um, you know, sh at one point shit will hit the fan. I think we've all experienced that. And, oh, and, sure. and even you as someone who now drives your own studio, um you know out of la um you're you, i'm sure you're learning and you're growing um and i'm sure that it's not easy and i'm sure there's obstacles yeah for um it, it's it's been an interesting time for sure i think i mean i've pretty much been self-quarantined since uh, 2016 in my <laughs> office working by myself like yeah. not talking to anybody not talking rarely talking to any designers or mm. um you know no one's really doing zooms that like all my designer friends before right. COVID. now we're talking design a little bit more on um, calls and things like that but um just being alone has been probably the hardest part because mm. it's just the culture of being able to like be like hey what do you think of this you know or yeah. just talk talking about like the, some you know the new apple launch whatever whatever is in the yep. news um so that that part's been the hardest for me um, though, when I moved, I, when we moved last year from, um, Los Angeles to Long Beach, we, I, I reached out to, um, like a designer that whose work I really respected here, um, Dan Ballou at Dashdot, and he's the nicest guy in the world. Um, you should have him on the show sometime. He does a lot of work for his studio, Dashdot does a lot of work for like Simple mm -hmm. Human and Pelican and some really interesting, really awesome brands. Nice. Um, but he was people in Long Beach are the most friendly people I've ever met. Like people in Los Angeles, people on the West Coast in general, like are super friendly if you're from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, but just, it's just going from Los Angeles where people are also really, really friendly, I thought, at least in Northeast LA to um, like, especially my neighbors and stuff. But um, 
than to going to Long Beach. Everyone I walked by were like, hello, hi. And like, you know, you don't know them, like, how are you or something? And that doesn't, um, it's so nice. It's, it's like a breath of fresh air. And Dan uh, from Dashdot just like exemplified that. Um, That's awesome. And he's like, like, yeah, let's go grab lunch. And like next week he's like, oh yeah, let's, um, we're gonna make dinner come over to my house. You know, like he's just been, and like went to CES this year together. So just having a sort of a community starting to just you know, just having, being like, okay, I, I should reach out, you know? So mm -hmm. that, that's been helpful. And also in like, when I was in Los Angeles, I also reached out to, I, I did have a couple um, industrial design friends and stuff that I did reach out to, or some also people I didn't know. And that, that was also pretty helpful. Um, but in terms of obstacles, it's more like, like on the business side of, or not maybe the business side, but um, I've, I've been learning a lot. Um, I think I, I would, could still probably uh, learn a lot from uh, Michael's class uh, offsite about design and business, but I think that's been probably the the most you know something I, I struggle with a little bit, but I'm getting mm -hmm. much better at for sure. Yeah, I know. I know that a lot of that just comes with. Ex and... Yeah, I think a lot of that comes with experience, right? Kind of you putting yourself in that position, and honestly, sometimes just googling like. Yeah how does this like how does this work or asking your friends that have done it before and um yeah i think a lot of this just life experiences and you're like okay yeah. i've gone through this before someone asked me for a bill of materials i know how to do it and i, I you know like it's just yeah. it's uh yeah it's not uh i think we all kind of go through that uh yeah. definitely the same with everything that i've done it's just if you don't know something ask right i think there's no shame yeah. in asking Oh, for sure, for sure. I, yeah. um, I I need help a lot, and I ask for help when I need to. No. Um, I, I think one thing that was really super helpful for me, and for everyone listening, if you're trying to do your own freelance thing or whatever it is, um, work on your local SEO. I was lucky to link link up with this kid, this young kid, a uh, uh, USC, and he went on designer, and he's like, okay, help you out with your uh, your SEO. And now you search like. Depending on your search, I think it's like the search like Los Angeles, because that's where I was living at the time. Los Angeles Industrial Design Studio, I'm number one search result, or at least I was last time. Oh, nice. So like then I'm starting to get um, some some unique opportunities. I need to work on my website to attract the type of clients I want, but um, because I was able to get a project with Netflix and just like all these like random brands and things. And I, I owe that to having um, strong SEO. Mm -hmm. And that essentially, an SEO is essentially your online presence, right? It's your it's search engine optimization. So it's just basically like adding all these keywords and things onto your um, mm -hmm. website that maybe people don't see. Like maybe like if on the title bar you have something that's white, the same color as the background that says something like Los Angeles Industrial Design Studio or something like that. I think I might have that. So it pops up much quicker um, on your search results. So very nice. Um, that that helped me a lot. And if anyone's struggling to sort of People, how people find you when it's localized it's as if it's not just industrial design firm i mean a million places that are better than me are gonna pop out but if it's local it's so much easier mm -hmm. so let's kind of shift into 2020 uh because we're wrapping up the year right it's december mid-december 2020 and uh probably a year from now uh, well a year a year ago from today things were a lot different as far as like you know here in the country and how we were operating our day-to-day -day and uh, you know kind of shit hit the fan with the pandemic and everything just changed right and how you were saying you were kind of prepared from 2016 you were just at home kind of hunkered down you know working for yourself um, yeah but the pandemic is just the beginning of all the stuff that happened in 2020 like the pandemic um, was like the intro paragraph of this really long book right um yeah. after the after the pandemic we had a lot of things that happened in our communities with social injustices uh a lot of stuff happened politically in our country um there is uh you know cancel culture and and a lot of these me too movements and and even in our industry right like i th and that's what i mean about us living in a bubble we feel like oh this is never going to you know, things will never break this wall, this design wall that I have, like things will never, um, the walls will never be breached, right? Like we will never be affected by politics or by any other issues. But in reality, I think 
everything that we do, we it's there. We just don't like talking about it. It makes people feel uncomfortable, uh, and not just in our industry, but in general, right? Like yeah. there, there is, you know, um, discrimination in our industry. Um, there is everything that's happening out there politically affects us, but we we just love kind of just not talking about it. Um, I would love to get your perspective on it. Um, I think it's important to hear just people's perspectives because we're all different and we're, we all live in different uh, parts of the world and we're all affected differently. Um, and I would love to hear, you know, how have you been affected? What is there something that sure. you're doing? Um, you know, you have, you know, it's just really funny when I see this happening online. I, I'm always asking, like, especially the people that are negatively speaking about this. And I'm like, you know, you either must be a lonely kid or you don't have a mother or you don't have a sister. Like, how do you how are you processing this in your like in your brain? How, how do you how are you so negative there, there? You have to there has to be women in your life. You have to have empathy. Right. That's something that they yeah. teach you when you're in design. Yeah, for sure. Um... I mean, there, there's there's so many issues to talk about, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, I I think the most recent, yeah, the sort of underrepresentation of um, sort of of women and um, Black Indigenous people of color. I mean, it's a huge one, and it's something that I've seen and it's bothered me for a long time as well. Um, I think it's it's wrong, and there's something you know we have to. It's it, it's it it's hard to sort of for it's like I think you said earlier I mean it's uncomfortable sort of to um mm. for a lot of us to talk about um especially like like I feel like I'm not in a good place to talk about there's so many more people that like should, that are talking about it and saying something more eloquent than mm -hmm. I ever will um but I I have a I have a daughter that'll be turning three in January. I have a wife that does everything with what she, who like is trying to start her own business, you know, and take care of our daughter before, while she's out, out of daycare because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it just, it really gets, it angers me just to see, you know, what people are, are doing. And I hope I could be supportive in any way. And, but also in sort of, in a way of like integrity where it's like, I really want to, and it's honest, and um, I don't know. I, I just, I just hope I can help and help in some way, in some capacity, yeah, no. however I can. It, it just, but it, it pisses me off for sure. Um, I have a strong mom that I mean, couldn't have done anything without her. She's, I'd be dead without my mom, to be honest. Um, from years ago, there's. I've been lucky to have so many strong women in my life and that the women that I worked with um, at, at my both positions, super strong women, like awesome designers and women at both positions and just women. I mean, in my life, like women have run things um, mm -hmm. different. I mean, different story for, you know, um, people of color, but it's, you know, both are heartbreaking. Both and and I, yeah, no, for sure. And um, I, I definitely do. I, I appreciate your perspective. I definitely do want to thank you. And I want to make it loud and clear um, that you've already done something. You've actually donated to our BIPOC scholarship fund. Um, so let's not forget that, that I think even that donation as as small or big, regardless, I think it, it, it helps us. It helps a lot of people. Um, it's going to benefit, you know, um, it's going to be the beginning of change, right? Like these baby steps that we're taking to really, uh, you know, kind of rectify this wrong that's happening in our industry. So I do appreciate the support and help that you've, you've done. Um, even if it's, you know, even if it's a penny, we, we appreciate anything, Chris. So really, yeah, I mean, I encourage everyone to, I mean, it's, it's just to have, you know, we, I, I don't, I'm tired of, you know, working, well, I, there, there's, I actually, I can't say I'm tired of working in it because I, I was lucky enough at Karen's to have more of a diverse team. Um, and also at PepsiCo, perhaps not, not, not on the industrial design team, but in the whole design organization, it was, it was much more fairly represented. Um, but 
yeah, I, I hope more people that have more means than I do can, can help that out because you guys have an awesome program and uh, I, I just would love to see more opportunity out there for everyone that doesn't we, have the opportunity I had. We really appreciate that. Um, but let's start to kind of wrap up this this interview here. One thing I sure. wanted to uh, to ask you um, is, uh, you know, you you talked about how you were just really good at me at do using SolidWorks and and things like that. And um, yeah. if you scroll through your website and even through your social media like Instagram, mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of, you know visual boards that designers put together um inspiration boards like it's beautiful work oh, thank you like it's awesome like i love um just well, everything here is is uh yeah it's i think my favorite one is this one here and i'm going to show you because we're on we're on zoom oh yeah. those yeah those uh the project that that, that that's a um a tribute that's a karim rashid project i was about to say was that karim rashid so you have a really cool it um, almost it almost looks like a razor or some type of peeler yeah i have oh i have another i have the other one on my shelf the other one i think we still use it the, nice. um, <laughs> the tpr has not peeled off yet we got moldy or anything um yeah so there's there's some definitely some mini projects i the really hardest thing for me, actually, it's something I forgot to touch upon when you asked about, you know, starting yourself, like every single project I worked on is attributed to, to Karen Rashid as it should be because it's designed with his vision, it's designed with his clients and all the work that he's done to do that. So I want to take off those some of those images off my website, but I need stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I have 150 probably products that I worked on at Karen's that I could throw up on the website, but it's like, I, I don't want to. And the reason why I started doing getting more active on um, social media, like around last December-ish, was because sort of because of that. Like I, I miss, I want to, I want to show the world I can design stuff. You know, um, I I just started making a little concept section on my website. I'm gonna need to upload more stuff to it, but because um, you know projects take a long time. Like I worked on a project at Pepsi aluminum bottle that took three years it's mm -hmm. a three-year project that's a long time you know so at pepsi i worked on a bunch of projects but you know not everything you work on comes out and, um just like at a design agency just like with the things i'm working on sometimes you don't receive beautiful photography and i need you need content um so i have to design my own content and I am so happy that like there's a community like the Render Weekly community for me has been really, really helpful. Like I made a gas can last year and all of a sudden I got like, I think like the first day I got like a hundred followers and next day I got like a couple hundred followers. It was, I started blowing up like, oh wait. Then I started getting like people on um, direct messages from design agencies like, oh, maybe, you know, can you help us out with freelancing? Um, I've gotten multiple projects now. So for me, to put and to you know spend like 30 minutes on SolidWorks model and pop it into a scene that was sort of similarly set up, just modify a scene a little bit from another Keyshot file and red hit render. It's 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 great for me because it gets um, it gets you business. And, but the the best part about it is all the people I've met. I, mm -hmm. I've met so many people that you know. At first, I met um, one of the first people I met was like uh, like James Connors. You know, mm -hmm. as you, you know. He reached out to me because he was moving to Los Angeles and um, and sort of introduced me to like minor details, um, pod, you know, Discord and podcasts as well, which I didn't know about. Um, and you know, we we got to hang out once right before COVID in late February. I was, I was doing some interior work for the space startup. Um, then we went to their party and we we're doing right like like any techies startup. They had like uh, go karts, laser tag. And, mm -hmm. Crazy parties, but um, yeah. So just uh, the the type of the amount of people, and they're all from all over the world. I think yep. most of the people I talk to are like they're in India, they're in um, they're in England, they're in uh, Italy, they're in they're all over the world. Um, so that's that's really really awesome. And it's I, that's the aspect I really like because now all of a sudden I'm not as lonely <laughs> working by myself. You know, like. I could sort of talk design in a way or yeah. talk about music uh, like or something. It's really funny how this pandemic, even though we're all kind of working from home and it sounds like, it, you know, community was going to be lost. It 
just kind of sounds like we all kind of got together in so many other ways um, online and through online platforms and forums. And then for you to utilize social media, for you, it, it's beneficial because you get business out of it, right? Um, and uh, so I, I think that's an awesome strategy to have. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is super, super helpful. I mean, I don't have like, like, like a super large following like a lot of people, maybe someday I will, but um, I think you just have to keep it up. You gotta be prolific with things if, to do that. Um, or you need really good work because there's some people that, you know, post like five projects that are super, super awesome and they, you know, have, um, you know, pretty, a pretty big platform. Yeah. Who I admire very much. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, we're wrapping up 2020. We're entering 2021. What are you looking forward to? Oh, I'm looking forward to my daughter to be able to play with kids again. I mean, that's awesome. Think about being, you know, spending your whole year when you're two, where you're like yeah. learning how to play with friends and stuff and missing out on that. Like, I hope kids aren't, I mean, Kids uh, all ages are being affected by that. So I'm looking forward for her to go to daycare and be able to mm -hmm. build friends and not just me and my wife. Um, I'm looking forward to hopefully better world and politics in the country, not being ashamed of being American anymore. Because I used mm -hmm. to, like when I bought my house, I would have loved to put up a flag. I used to be patriotic, you know, like mm -hmm. not now, <laughs> you know, like I'm looking forward to uh, having a, uh, you know, Joe Biden and um, Kamala Harris to be be in office. I think that's awesome. So I'm looking forward to, it just seems like, I'm really positive about everything. And I sort of, when you, you we earlier on when we were talking, we talked, I think offline, we were talking about like sustainability and stuff. And, you know, that I think that's so important, but I also sort of, I'm really into sci-fi and comic books and stuff like that. And I'm sort of have a really positive outlook about the future, you know, mm -hmm. like, the planet's the planet's fucked. It's it sucks. Hopefully, it can get better. But um, have like I have this optimism that sort of design and technology could really do wonders and make the world a better place. So excited about that too. Um, I'm excited about offsite. You know, your your <laughs> nice cohort and being part of that. Um, I'm excited to see just and my favorite thing is like getting an email for you know a proposal on a new project. So I'm interested. I'm excited about those projects. I'm excited just for, you know, hopefully a, a better world for everyone. I'm excited for my wife to start her business. Um, so a lot of good things. That's awesome. I love it. I, I appreciate you for sharing. I, it's, I, I hope that for those who are listening, you have the same optimism, the same positive vibes. I think it's really good. Um, I think we're about to turn a really good corner here, you know, not only in our industry, but also like our country and um, yeah, I, I think if we're all kind of positive, I think that's the first move forward to change and progression. So um, Chris, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I, you know, I, I brought up 9-11 because I saw that you were in school during that time mm -hmm. frame, And um, you know, to this day, I think in the last probably 20 years, ever since 9-11, um, I always talk about it. I talk about it to people whenever there's an opportunity to, to, mm -hmm. if, if there was someone there during that moment, I always like to just, uh, briefly bring it up because, um, even though I was in Chicago, I remember, you know, being a 13 year old kid watching the news with my older brother. And that was the first time that I've ever heard of the word terrorism. That's how innocent I was, you know, and, and, and that was just my, my world. Like I didn't know any of the politics behind this stuff. And so it, it's just really interesting. And I'm really happy that, that you were able to share a little bit about that. Um, last year I got to travel to New York and saw the world trade center memorial and went into the museum and just really emotional. Like I've never been I was never part of that. I, you know, and, and you walk in and it's almost like you were there, you know? So I, I'm really happy that you, you share that part. Um, because I, I, there's something, I think, I think it might be personal, but, um, yeah, I think it was just, just probably the, the 
I don't know if it's trauma, but definitely the reality of of it seeing and 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 a thirteen year old kid uh, that's something that doesn't go away, and I'm sure everyone's dealing it in different ways. Yeah, just knowing that there's you know a lot of hate and just yeah. different opinions and people that just don't understand each other. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. I mean, that's what 2020 was. That's what 2020 was about. That's what this past election was about. You know, yeah. like as I sat at home watching the election results on November 3rd, I'm like, this is great. You know, it looks like we're heading into a new direction. But then I'm like, God damn, there's like 70 million people that are totally, completely opposite and have yeah. just disgusted. And I'm just like, how, 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 how are we so divided? Right. And that's really scary yeah. for me. It's something I think about at night. I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, it's crazy. Me too. And yeah. just, um, I, I, I think it's nice to, to be able to live in a place where, you know, we don't have, you don't see one Trump flag waving where I live, which is really nice. Go to Newport beach on the other hand, and no one's wearing a mask, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's, we could, uh, there's at least this place, like sort of some safe haven communities where <laughs> we could not feel that so much. Yeah. Or be around people that, you know, or have a chance to maybe teach someone or tell them why it's wrong too. Yeah. Or you, yeah. My, or my, my wife is Chinese background, like, and, mm -hmm. you know, like someone that calls it, we like, trunk still calling it the China virus. Like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. It, it's it's American virus, you know? Well, yeah. The politics here is definitely a virus for sure. I think that'd be a good name for it. The American virus. But the ignorance and even COVID, right? Like right now there's a vaccine happening. It's rolling out. Uh, there's people in my family who are still in denial that COVID isn't real. And and I'm just like, you know, like, dude. Yeah, I was, at a, I was at a Zoom funeral on Saturday. It's real, you know? Jesus. That's pretty sad to be on a Zoom funeral. Yeah. So if you're listening to this episode, I hope you got something out of it that, number one, we're human. We feel, we go through shit, you know, number two, um, you know, build community, right? I think it's important whether we're in a pandemic or not build community, be a part of something, stand up for something, believe in something. Um, and, and if you're not able to support something, share it with someone, educate someone. Um, and that's the only way that we're going to get better as, as humans. I'm not even talking about design design, you know, in the bigger spec of things, we are like, it doesn't even matter, right? We're human first. So I really enjoyed our conversation, Chris. I'm really happy that you're part of our offsite mentorship program. Um, I've heard nothing but amazing things from Thanks. Dylan. Um, and uh, looking forward to continue working and collaborating with you into the new year. So thank you so much for everything. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's awesome. Hey, are you going to ask me about my advice to young students or anything? You always, <laughs> you always end with that. Of like, course. That was no, I, I did my research and I watched, there you uh, go. I listened to a bunch of episodes of context. And <laughs> oh, I appreciate that because I was about to wrap things up with that question. Oh, Mr. you were? Okay. I thought you were about to cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chris, yes. let's, wrap th let's wrap up the conversation by leaving your final remarks to students. What advice do you give? What advice do you have for them? Um, I think it's uh, some of the most important things are ask for help. Like go, if there's someone you admire or something, just go ask them. A lot, a lot of, a lot of designers are not like the ones you read in the comments of Yanko and mm -hmm. they're going to be open to helping you. Other, other one, do solid, do you use, get really proficient at your 3D program that you use. When you go, get, get your first job, you need a 3D, build a 3D model, at least in my experience. Um, Sketching is also really important. It's not my strong suit anymore, but um, that's also important. Get an internship. Do as many internships as you want, as you can. Like find out what you like, because you might not even. Maybe you know you don't want to be at a design agency. Maybe you want to work in house. Um, so do in, I think it's like internships, network, and work work hard. You know, like and look at and start following people on Instagram that inspire you too, and just like. Be like, oh shit, like that's why I'm also on Instagram because like I see like a you know like a 17-year-old, you know, who or now or a 19-year-old now um that I was working with this last year. Um mm -hmm. and you know, 
he, he's kicking, he can kick my ass probably in some things. <laughs> so like, I have to keep my game up by looking at social media and mm -hmm. young, younger students should also look at these people that are doing such amazing work. Don't feel let down. Be like, Oh shoot, I want to kick their ass. You know, like mm -hmm. I want to do work just like, as good as them. So, um, I think that's pretty important for me. <laughs> I love that. I think we can learn. doesn't matter if you're 20 years of experience or you're graduating high school, we can all learn from each other. So that's yeah, really sure. good advice. Um, that wraps things up with conversation between you and I, Chris. Thank you so much for those listening. We hope that you have a fantastic 2020 and we will see you next year, 2021. Thank you for joining us today. Let's continue this conversation on our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Discord. You can find us at Context with Advanced Design on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Context is produced by Advanced Design with editing and production by Betuel Benitez and music by Shide from Pixabay.